RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. You may remember some weeks ago we had on the program from Christchurch, Mark Webster of Staywell Pharmacy, and he was talking about the therapeutic products bill, and he was he wasn't happy. He wasn't happy, and considering that. Uh, the stats show that over 50% of the population are regular users of dietary supplements and other natural health products and services here in New Zealand. It's of interest to many people. And a public meeting is being organised for the 2nd of May. That's Tuesday, May 2nd at the Public Trust Hall, Lambton Key in Wellington, uh, on behalf of the Natural Health Alliance. Their chairman, Paddy Fahey, joins me to talk more about this. Paddy, welcome to Reality Check Radio. Thanks for coming in. Good afternoon, Paul, and thank you for the opportunity. Okay, that's a high number, 50%. It's probably even a bit higher than that, I would say, but uh, that, that's a big number. So that makes this this bill, which has been in the works for a long time, right, of, of interest to many people. So what has spurred you to uh, organise a public meeting regarding it? Okay, well, the first thing is that the the Therapeutic Products Bill is a revamp of the 1981 Medicines Act, uh, obviously to bring it into the 21st century. And the government consulted on the proposed bill, promising to exclude natural health products from its ambit. However, at the 11th hour, with no consultation, uh, the government decided to include natural health products within the bill. Any idea why they decided at the last minute and why there was no consultation? Those are red um, flags, potentially? Well, yes, and you can speculate, and we'll probably talk a little bit more on that uh, as we get down the line. But, look, with no consultation and zero economic impact assessment, there was no economic impact assessment carried out by the government And um, uh, obviously the Ministry of Health are claiming that natural health products pose a much greater risk than foods, which, of course, is evidently false. So uh, one of the major problems with this is the compliance costs. These costs have not been, uh, you know, uh, thought through. And we're appalled that the Ministry of Health had not even attempted to assess the economic impact that the proposal would have on the industry. Um, the Ministry of Health tries to dismiss critics of the of the bill, and uh, there are many, as you just mentioned earlier, um, as anti-trade and opposed to regulation. Well, neither of those statements are true and very disrespectful to those who have major concerns with this proposed bill, which can only be seen as benefiting the Ministry of Health, building um, a bureaucracy um, and, of course, the uh, with small businesses uh, going to the wall, uh, the multinational companies will have um, a field day. So surely it's just common sense to assess the uh, business implications of this, given that figure I mentioned before. It's obviously quite a big industry and, and it's, you know, it's a very long evolved industry, isn't it? It's not that people just started taking supplements and um and health products uh in this sort of area like you know a year ago or two years ago this has been going on for well pretty well forever um do you think it's about building bureaucracy or is it you mentioned the you know the medical industrial complex kind of there is there some sort of um collusion between them do you think oh well um 
yeah, we can speculate on that one. But well, I uh, think we can, we can. In absence of doing the common sense things, I think we're allowed to speculate, aren't we? Of course we can. Okay. Um, let's talk about Australia for a minute. Um, in 1989 in Australia, the Australian government promised the uh, natural health industry in Australia a light-handed approach with the uh, introduction of the TGA. That's the Therapeutic Goods Administration. Yeah. Well, um, we know for a fact that today um, it's not a light-handed approach at all. The compliance costs and uh, the TGA is seen as one of the most draconian organisations uh, of its kind. Uh, MedSafe in New Zealand here has always wanted to um, get into bed, I would say, is uh, with the uh, TGA. And, of course, you may recall the Trans-Tasman Agency that uh, they tried to form, which was shelved by both governments uh, eventually. But also then uh, there was the Natural Health Products Bill, which um, was put forward. But that uh, that was uh, even worse than the <laughs> Trans-Tasman Bill and uh, and and uh, the uh, therapeutic products bill that we have in uh, in front of us at the moment. So um, yes, I look at the moment. Uh, we understand that um, the Ministry of Health have a hundred staff, uh, which costs around about twelve million. Okay. Recently, in Parliament, Shane Reedy asked the Minister of Health how many people he believed it would take to um, operate this agency. And he was told 150. So um, it doesn't take much to do the maths, does it? That, uh, yes, they are wanting to build a bureaucracy and uh, to include natural health products. But look, Paul, it's not just about the natural health products. This affects the uh, medical profession. It also affects pharmacy, and none of them are happy with it in its current form. It's uh, It needs to be sent back to where it came from and hopefully a little bit further. Yeah. So is there any chance of that? Because by what you've just said, they've already mapped out how they're going to keep those 100-plus people occupied and who's going to pay for it, right? Um, right. With such opposition, is there any sign of any ground being given? Well, uh, look, at the moment, uh, they've just finished the uh, Health Select Committee uh, submission process, which, look, they had 16,000 submissions. Uh, that's a very, very high number. And I would suggest that uh, most of them, or majority of them, would have been uh, objections because there is no benefit whatsoever for any of the um, natural health industry or the medical profession or the pharmacy uh, at the moment. Uh, the way it's written, it's poorly written. It needs to be sent back. Surely, some, people, of, surely some of those people on the select committee are users of these products. Well, you'd think so. But, uh, look, the oral submissions were done on Zoom. There were only two people uh, present at a time, I understand. And uh, look, as far as I'm concerned, uh, it's just lip service. They've made up their mind what they're doing and uh, they're pushing ahead with it. 
So for, for, for many companies to have any chance of survival, they would need to discontinue marketing a, a, a large number of their products if the compliance costs, because what the Ministry of Health want to do at the moment is for the government to pass this bill in its current form, and then they will sort out the regulations afterwards. Well, <laughs> well, we know we know where that will go. Well, you've got the Australian example, haven't you? Well, exactly. And uh, to tell you the truth, Paul, a lot of uh, companies in Australia are very, very reluctant to say anything about the TGA because of repercussions. Oh, I've heard this one before. Okay. Yes. And uh, so, look, uh, we've got, uh, I've got a company, obviously, and uh, I've been in business for over 40 years. I'm also a, a natural health practitioner. And uh, look, I've uh, put submissions forward to the Health Select Committee over the years. And uh, I just think at the moment that this isn't uh, democracy, if you want to use that term. Uh, this is just railroading. And um, it needs to be uh, it needs to be stopped. The bill needs to be sent back to where it came from. Natural health products need to be removed from it entirely, uh, as promised, because uh, the government's actually reneged on their promise. Is there any logical argument or scientifically based argument that says there should be some coverage of the sector at? At that level, I mean, what what does the evidence say? Uh, what are they working with to persuade that this is the thing to do, the thing to go with, and to be able to railroad it? They must be pretty confident. Well, they've obviously convinced the government, as I mentioned earlier, that uh, the dietary supplements um, pose a uh, pose more risk than um, than food which uh, is nonsense because it's a fallacy. There's over 600 um, adverse reactions per year, actually deaths um, relating to food, food poisoning in New Zealand. Uh, there is no evidence anywhere that shows that dietary supplements pose a risk of harm or cause death. Okay, well, <laughs> uh, and also just going back to what you mentioned about the select committee process, mm -hmm. really two people, the volume of submissions, yes. and let's assume that the majority of those were against the bill. To have only two people on Zoom, that's kind of a kind of an insult, really, isn't it? it uh, it's disrespectful is the term I would use. Yeah, disrespectful, but so in your face disrespectful for such an important thing, with so many people having an interest in it. Exactly. And as you mentioned earlier, uh, over 50% of New Zealanders are using dietary supplements and other um, natural health-related products. Uh, yes. Uh, the other thing, Paul, that uh, keeps coming up from the Ministry of Health is export. Okay. Okay. Well, they, they claim that uh, the inclusion of natural health products under this uh, legislation uh, will increase exports. Uh, that's also another fallacy. Well, how do they get to that? Okay. Uh, look, currently, uh, under the uh, dietary, dietary Supplement Regulations 1985, companies have been able to export freely 
because of those regulations. But also what people need to realise is that when a company exports to another country, they have to meet the regulations of the country that they're importing the product to. So there's no benefit whatsoever for any New Zealand company wanting to export because they will have to meet the regulations here and they'll also have to meet the regulations of the countries that they are exporting to. So to say that uh, it's going to increase uh, exports, of course, the government would love to hear that statement. I mean, any government would love to hear that um, uh, introducing legislation is going to increase exports. But uh, look, uh, both the internal and export markets of the natural health products industry have thrived in New Zealand for over 30 years, primarily due to the current regulations. And uh, these regulations have allowed them to do so. So a simple assessment of risk proves that there is no substance to support either of these claimed benefits of regulating natural health products alongside pharmaceutical medicines. Okay. So, yeah, you, you're having to comply with whoever you're exporting to, whoever's importing it. So what happens at the other end is kind of at our end is neither here nor there because you're jumping through their hoops in the end anyway. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So um, I want to get on to what you think the consequences of this will be if, if it goes the way you don't want it to go. But I'm wondering, and I think this is a, a question we've got to ask, is this some kind of, and I talked about the collusion with the medical industrial complex, you know, the, the conventional pharmacy industry-based uh, medications. Is this an arm wrestle to try and get you guys out of the territory? You're taking too much market share. People are, are looking to other treatments and remedies, et cetera, et cetera, uh, choosing you know, stuff for their own health, uh, doing their own research, all of that sort of stuff. Is this, do you think, what's happening, if you really helicopter view it? <laughs> I... Um, yeah, like the term helicopter view. Uh, yes, there'd have to be some substance in that, Paul, because uh, if you look closely, a lot of the pharmacies now have health uh, supplement sections. Uh, people are wanting to take uh, responsibility for their own health and well-being, whereas this bill says that the government will do it for you. Um, so, yes, and I think it was uh, Rothschild who said that uh, competition was sin. And um, look, the, <laughs> the industry has grown and uh, there's some really good products on the market. There's some companies um, that are producing very, very good state-of-the-art uh, state uh, products and uh, people are wanting to use those products to maintain their own health and well-being. And uh, they don't want to be told uh, that they can't uh, have these products because the companies that are... Um, producing them, can't afford to stay in business because of the compliance costs. Now, as I mentioned earlier, this agency that they want to build, they the cost to, to run that agency, I mentioned the, um, the 100 staff that the Ministry of Health have at the moment at a cost of $12 million at the moment. Uh, just the compliance costs alone or the registration costs will be an annual fee and it will be somewhere between $800 and $1,000 per product. Okay, yeah. Okay, take, for example, uh, my company has 250 products that we import from the USA. 
250 products times $1,000. Uh, well, I don't have to do the maths, but uh, look, uh, it's just not viable. We, we wouldn't be able to stay in business. And most of the smaller companies uh, sell around about 50 products. They would be in a similar situation where they just would not be able to afford to stay in business. And a lot of these smaller businesses are, are mum and dad um, businesses, family businesses. They, they must know that. They must know that. Well, you'd think so. Uh, <laughs> you, when they make the statement that they're doing this uh, legislation for the benefit of New Zealanders uh, or for the health and uh, welfare of, of New Zealanders, you think that they would um, know that. And uh, you know, But that uh, you'd have to question it. So the, the products that you just mentioned there that you import from the United States, presumably they have to conform to some sort of quality standard in the U.S., oh. Well, so that, that work's already done, perhaps, is it? Well, here's a good one. Uh, the products are manufactured under a pharmaceutical GMP, which they don't have to be. They, um, uh, they can be manufactured under a, a food GMP, but they're manufactured under pharmaceutical GMP. And uh, also the products are TGA registered. Now, every two years, two auditors go from Australia, our sister company in Australia, to the USA company at $80,000, first-class airfares, two weeks accommodation paid to audit the premises. Okay. Now, when the products are imported into Australia, they have to go through stability testing. And the company, has the, our sister company in Australia, has to cover the costs of, of te- uh, stability testing the product that's been manufactured under pharmaceutical regime, okay, um, and TGA, by the way, and they still have to pay for stability testing. So it just goes to show you that this is a juggernaut that uh, they're trying to implement, and they will follow suit with Australia. Look, we we went down this path with the Trans-Tasman Agency. We also went down this path with the Natural Health Products Bill, um, which we were told was going to be a light-handed approach. Well, it was anything but. Once bureaucracy gets hold, you know the story, it, uh, it builds more bureaucracy, and uh, the compliance costs will just keep going up and up and up. And, of course, as I mentioned earlier, these compliance costs will affect the um, the, uh, medical and the pharmacy as well. But also, this bill, Paul, does not capture the import of products from overseas. Oh, okay. Personal use. So companies here, like, like myself, importing products from the USA, if this bill does go ahead, we will have to severely... Uh, reduce our, um, our our product range and possibly um, may have to shut down. We'll have to look at that uh, down the track. But um, just the compliant costs alone uh, will put majority of the companies out of business. So I could just go online. Uh, let me get this straight. I could just go online if I wanted an alternative, if it was more expensive after this or 
there was a contraction or restriction of product. I could go online, buy my own, have it sent over to me, and and no one's interested. Correct. <laughs> oh, okay. Doesn't make sense, but that's how this bill is written. And look, it's 300 pages, and you get halfway, and then you want to um, go and watch reruns of the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> the, it's, uh, it's very poorly written, and it's been hurried through. And as I mentioned earlier, at, at the 11th hour, they decided to include uh, the natural health products. Um, it will be a heavy-handed regulation of a low-risk industry. There's, there's no two ways about it. So where to from here? Look, uh, we just need to uh, make the public aware. In the mainstream media, there's nothing. Yeah, well, how do you explain that? Oh, well, uh, obviously, they don't want the public aware of what's going on. I mean, that happens with quite a few other things. Uh, we won't get too much into that. But, uh, yeah, but again, I, I get back to, you know, this is of interest to, well, you know, mainstream media consuming people, given the numbers. Uh, I imagine a high proportion of their audience, let's say, in total, take some sort of health supplement or product daily or weekly or whatever, regularly. They need to know. Do you think they're under some sort of instruction to keep it down? Because it'd be hard to believe that they think that no one's interested, so therefore we don't report it. Well, once again, I would have to say that, um, you know, that could possibly be speculation, <laughs> but uh, yeah. uh, one would have to say uh, there would be something in that. Yes, of course. And, and uh, obviously uh, the mainstream media, we know where it sits uh, at the moment, and it uh, does not want to go against any of the government narrative. And I would say that that's um, pretty likely the case. Makes it a harder job for you. Yes, it does. And uh, look, it, it affects practitioners as well. You know, that uh, the um, uh, the Henry VIII Charter, which you may be aware of. The, yes, I am. Which is in the current uh, Medicines Act, um, which was um, an act uh, that was initiated by Henry VIII. And that, that, that's where you can attach any other legislation to a piece of legislation without it going through the normal processes of Parliament, right? It's a signature. That's right, exactly. Uh, well, look, uh, at the moment, that doesn't necessarily affect uh, uh, traditional Maori medicine, uh, but uh, it's not included in the in the therapeutic products bill, which is. I was going to ask you about that because that would be, if, if fairness and and logic and science and whatever arguments are being used, that would have to encompass that area of, you know, of medicine, if you want to call it that. You're saying that's not included? No, it's not. And uh, it's uh, currently under Section 28 of the Medicines Act. Um, but uh, the medical and pharmaceutical uh, industries have uh, been trying to remove <laughs> remnants of that act from the New Zealand statute for years. So, look, this is probably, um, I wouldn't say coincidental that it's not included, but uh, it, it's a concern. It's a concern for traditional... But it doesn't make sense that it's not included? No, it doesn't. And as I said, the uh, most of the um, 300 pages don't make sense at all. Okay, well, sorry you have to read them. <laughs> exactly. Sounds like I dodged a bullet on that one. Well, exactly. And, of course, the thing is that when something uh, does affect you, you know, like like any industry, if there's a, uh, a regulation, and look, regulations are there uh, to uh, obviously 
for safety, for, to protect the, the the public. Okay, and and that's any industry. It's like the car industry. It's like um, prams and that for. Uh, uh, for infants and so on, it's you know you need you, you need uh, mechanisms in place to make. Yeah, we, sure. We'd agree on that, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. It's, it's common sense, but if it's used as a manipulation technique to get a certain outcome that doesn't make sense, you've you've got to question it. For sure, and as I mentioned earlier, there's a, a de minimis risk of um, you know death. You actually safer taking dietary supplements and some foods. And yeah. some of the foods in our supermarkets are very suspect. Yeah, the stuff that I see people going out the door with. For sure. Uh, <laughs> you For sure. wonder if even that should be legal or, or not restricted well, anyway. Correct. And, of course, uh, the other issue too is that uh, under the current regulations, which are the Dietary Supplement Regulations, 1985, um, these regulations are under food. So all of a sudden they want to go and put them under a pharmaceutical regime. So that that's questionable. Why why do they want to do that? Because as you mentioned earlier, competition and uh, obviously um, they may want to uh, stop their competition. Well, we are aware, I think, from interviews and people we've spoken to already in the health sector, both local and international, that there does seem to be a lot of communication between certain bodies around the world. You know, there, there's a kind of lockstep that goes on and people, you know, the relationships are there to a certain degree. There's the revolving door phenomenon. Yes, so you have to consider this maybe as part of a global push to drive these um, alternatives and competitors in the end, you know, as far out of the market as you can. Well, Paul, I won't speculate on that one, but I will have to agree with you. Um, one other issue that uh, a lot of people aren't aware of is that currently therapeutic purpose under the Medicines Act means that you cannot make a therapeutic claim. Okay. So all of a sudden, natural health products are going to go into a therapeutic products bill. Now, do people seriously believe that they're going to be able to make therapeutic claims with the natural health industry being regulated under a pharmaceutical regime? As I mentioned, no. <laughs> no. Well, they don't want competition. So, yeah, but the government was making a 95% effective, perfectly safe therapeutic claim, which turned out to be a lie. Well, uh, yes. And so, you know, <laughs> who's got any credibility? Well, correct. And I think that some people need to stand up and uh, start telling the truth for, for what it is, that uh, that this that this bill has been uh, basically rushed into Parliament. And as I said earlier, they want uh, the government to pass it as it is, and uh, they'll worry, they'll put the regulations in that um, down the track. Well, seriously, um, we have major, major, major concerns about that. Yeah, I can see why why you could, and it's logical to think that way. So, okay, let's say worst case scenario, this all gets across the line for them. The 150 are in place. It'd be more than 12 million a year, and uh, you know they'll start to look at, uh, at how to sort of evolve this after it's passed. What? as an industry, could you be facing? 
I know you've said people will go out of business probably. Yes. Product lines will be uh, massively constrained yes. and there'll be uh, huge hoops to drum through for compliance. So take us through what the, um, the scenario could be. Yes, that uh, those points that you mentioned there are all uh, real, but uh, just the compliance costs alone, uh, we understand uh, in, in, well, it's around about 20 million. Okay, we, we believe that the compliance costs um, for the first year will be around about 20 million for the industry. And uh, these costs are every year. So this agency needs to be funded at 100% cost recovery to industry. Now, I mentioned Australia earlier. Uh, there was uh, a time in Australia where the TGA went to John Howard so we're going back a few years to Johnny Howard when he was <laughs> the Prime Minister uh, for funding. And John Howard said, don't come to the government for funding, get it from industry. Now, in Australia, the TGA in Canberra has over 400 staff, 400 staff funded by industry. So should we be concerned? about an agency that's going to be set up here in New Zealand that uh, is basically uh, going to be funded. Well, it will be funded by industry. It will be a government agency in name only. Okay. So it's a business. It's a shakedown business, basically. That's exactly what it is. And their uh, mission is to get as much funding as they possibly can. Now, some years ago, there was... a. a I probably could put my hands on it, but uh, there was um, an article I read that there were three bureaucrats, government bureaucrats, for every hospital bed in New Zealand. Okay. So um, bureaucracy builds bureaucracy and uh, it feeds itself. <laughs> so... Um, we, as I said earlier, we've got member uh, organisations that are um, deeply concerned. That is there a desperation creeping in? Yes, definitely, because the um, this bill, if it's passed, it's not going to allow companies to make the uh, claims on products or therapeutic claims on products that some people think they will. It's like come in, come in, trust us, everything's going to be okay. And then all of a sudden, the door shuts and it's too late. When you say you can't make therapeutic claims, yep. to what level does that go to? Because if I if I don't know, if I know of a product but don't know how it can help me, might as well be no product. Well, that's basically the case now. The um, if you if you basically uh, state that a product that's on the market right now will help with a disease condition, you're actually classifying that product as a medicine. You're actually breaking the law. Even if it helps? Even if it helps. Yep, even if it helps. Uh, you can't say that. And, of course, um, testimonials are not permitted. Uh, uh, Pamphlets and uh, information on shelves and that sort of stuff is restricted. You know, most people go in there and they don't know uh, what the product's for. 
And the other thing too is let's get back to Australia because look, we need to yep. we need to realise that uh, this is following suit with Australia. In Australia, the Ministry of Health will tell you that Australia has got a buoyant industry over there, very buoyant. Well, if you call every company selling the same product, like um, joint food products or um, oil products, they're me too's. They're all the same. There's been no innovation in Australia for the last 25 years because the cost to bring a new product to market is between fifty to $100,000. Right. So it's just frozen in time. That's it. Yeah, it's uh, ring-fenced Australia, actually. The um, uh, It's a restraint of trade. And this bill, if it's enacted, I believe is a restraint of trade. There's no two ways about it. Has there been any rumblings from opposition political parties supporting, well, your side of this? Has anyone come out, I haven't heard anything, but has any, anyone come out and said, okay, if this, we'll repeal this if this goes through? Uh, surely the parties that have more understanding or a closer relationship with business. Well, you'd think so. because Would be saying something. Well, you'd think so, Paul, because you've got, um, it's the small businesses in New Zealand that, uh, uh, you know, keep this country uh, going, you know, the mum and dads and, and so on. And, and uh, it's the big multinational companies where all the revenue and, and, and tax, well, uh, get taxed here, but the revenue goes offshore. You know, the small companies here pay tax and, and uh, the money goes around in, in this country. Mm. So um, you'd think that the politicians would go, hang on a minute, uh, look, this is not good for business especially small businesses. And in the past, some of them have done that. But it just seems at the moment that the uh, the political parties that are um, in parliament at the moment are uh, just following the government narrative and uh, they're just following suit. The only party uh, that uh, is uh, saying that uh, they don't support this is the New Zealand First Party. Oh, okay. Yeah, Winston. Winston Peters, and uh, Winston Peters was instrumental in uh, stopping the Natural Health Products Bill. So it's very strange, isn't it, to to not have opposing political because there's there's political capital to be made there, surely, given the numbers again. You, you'd, think you want, so. you'd think so, especially in, in an election year. You'd think that uh, some of these parties would. Um, would pick up on this, but it just seems that um, no, they're um, they're keeping um, very tight-lipped. Seems to be a bit of a pattern here with uh, that and other things. It's the same sort of complaints you hear from people. Where are the opposition? Where where are the uh, alternative voices? Okay, so you've organised this public meeting. Any idea how, how you think that's going to go? Well, we're hoping to fill the the stadium. Uh, which uh, <laughs> we would like to do. But um, the whole purpose of it is uh, bringing it to the public attention, the public's attention, because as, as we said earlier, that uh, a lot of people aren't even aware of it. And uh, we put a, a, quite a bit of information up on our website, which is uh, uh, the naturalhealthalliance.co.nz, uh, to demonstrate what's gone on in the past, what's happening right now, and where we see the future going if this if this bill is passed in its current form. 
Look, we don't have a problem with the therapeutic products bill um, being uh, revamped or rewritten, uh, but we want dietary supplements and natural health products removed. This also encompasses cosmetics uh, because if a, a cosmetic or a skincare has a, a vitamin or a mineral in it, it's captured. Well, isn't that inevitable? <laughs> well, yes. And, and uh, so it's, it's across the board where it doesn't just affect uh, natural health products. Uh, we're not just whinging for the sake of whinging. Uh, we we have we're deeply concerned, and uh, we have every right to be. Do you fear for your business? Well, I've been in business for forty years, Paul, and we've got eleven staff. And uh, yes, I'd have to say yes, I do. Uh, I I'm deeply concerned. Yeah. What's the timeline? When are they planning on passing this? How far away is it? Well, I may have been told, but I, I can't remember. So if you could well, update me on that to get it through Parliament this year. But, um, you know, there's a lot of rumbling going on because I know the traditional Maori are are unhappy. Uh, I noticed that there was an article in the the Herald uh, late last week, which actually wasn't too bad an article, but the author started off saying that uh, dietary supplements are regulated under the Dietary Supplement Regulations 1985. And then when you get to the end of the article, she states that uh, there's no regulation of dietary supplements in New Zealand. Oh, so she forgot what she was writing between the, well, the beginning and well, the it end. Happens, yes, it happens quite a bit. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's a bit of a fail if you're a journalist. Okay, okay so let's remind people that uh, the public meeting is... Uh, on the 2nd of May, which is a Tuesday, 12 noon to 2 p.m. So that's something that people could escape from a lunch hour for, I suppose. Yes, yes. And, and it's at the Public Trust Hall, and that's 131 to 135 Lambton Quay, Wellington Central. Are you going to be streaming it out so people can further afield can watch it? Any plans yes. for that? Yes, we're hoping to do that, and it's quite a good lineup. Uh, do you want me to mention the lineup? Yeah, please, thanks. Well, it's yours truly. Um, yep. And um, uh, Gary uh, Moller. Uh, who's a, a practitioner in Wellington. Lisa Hansen, who is a, a barrister in Wellington, and, and uh, she's representing the New Zealand Health Trust. This guy, Hatchard, uh, which a is no guy. Who's a very well-known author, and, and uh, uh, Winston Peters. Uh, oh, so he'll be there physically, in person. Winston Peters will be there physically. And there's also um, Dr. Dooley, Dr. Bruce Dooley, so it's actually a good lineup, and uh, we'd like to get as many people along as, as possible and uh, get this uh, show on the road, get this information out there, and uh, so that the politicians understand that uh, there are concerns, not just from the industry, but from the public, because the public stands to lose as well uh, if these products are removed from the market, and not, not for safety reasons at all. It's not a safety issue. It's uh, it will be a compliance issue. The companies just won't be able to meet the compliance costs. And that's all about follow the money, then, isn't it? It's always uh, Paul about follow the money. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and it's election year, and uh, you know the doors are closing on the term of this current government. That might spur them on to to go even faster and harder to try and make it happen before what October is the scheduled election. I think. Correct. And, uh, you know, the government is, um, is put there to represent the people, um, not the other way around. 
So on that note. Well, it uh, does seem to be a bit the other way around these days, let's be honest. Yes, and that's uh, quite sad because, uh, you know, I know that some people do get into uh, politics uh, genuinely to, uh, you know, try Help and their make, fellow man and woman. Yeah. And make things better. Uh, yeah, make things better. Hmm. That's right. But once they get on the wheel, uh, it's either um, a shut up or get off. I don't understand how that works. No, it's uh, it's just the way it is that uh, it's been allowed to happen for for many, 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 many years, and uh, it's not a good look. And it it, it it's uh, what people um, see is that a lot of people say, "Well, why would I want to vote when you get the same thing year after year after year?" And uh, we need some change in New Zealand, and and uh, uh, the way things are going at the moment, obviously with inflation. Uh, through the roof, cost of living, the, the cost of food and all sorts of things going through the roof. If something isn't done very soon, we're going to be in dire straits, dire straits. This yeah, country. we might already be, you know, frog in the pot. We might already be there now. Exactly. And and on the other side, why would you want to introduce legislation to go and kill, which has the potential to kill a number of small businesses that are, are struggling as it is? Look, we We've been through three years of of lockdowns where some companies are unable to trade, and a lot of a lot. And, and I'm not just talking about in our industry; I'm talking about it in all industries. It's been very, very tough times, and then all of a sudden we're trying to claw our way back, and then you've got uh, you're faced with this sort of um, draconian legislation that uh, basically puts the knife into you further. Um, with the potential to uh, to shut you down completely. Good job fighting back. I hope it gets somewhere. And I hope, you know, just by talking about it here, at least we can inform, you know, some more people and, and add to those who understand what's going on. So good luck with the meeting. Thank you for um, letting us know about it and for chatting with us to bring our listeners up to date with this, as you say, draconian. It's draconian. That's the word, isn't it? It is. It is the word. Yeah, and thank you, Paul, for uh, for taking the time to, um, you know, to allow me to um, verbalise uh, because yeah. you know that's. But we we don't do sound bites here, Patty. We don't do sound bites. <laughs> we, look, no one gets anywhere with sound bites. It takes you backwards. Well, what we like to hear is the story. We want we want to know the story. Exactly, and and thank you very much. And on behalf of the Natural Health Alliance, and actually be, on behalf of the natural health industry. Um, we wish you all the best, and uh, we love listening to your radio. Thank you so much. All the best. Look forward to catching up at some stage. Yeah, well, we certainly want to find out how the meeting went, that's for sure, because that'll be a gauge, actually, in a small way, but it will be a gauge. If Thank you get a, a good crowd, you know that you know there's some awareness out there, obviously. Well, exactly, and as I mentioned earlier with Winston Peters uh, being a, a draw card and obviously uh, Guy Hatchard because he's got a very big following. Um, I'm probably a bit low down on the pecking order. Oh, we've just put you up the order slightly, Patty. Okay. Thanks, <laughs> Just a little bit, one notch, maybe. Okay, mate. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. All the best, and, and we'll communicate with you to find out how that meeting went. I might even come along myself. We'll see. We look forward to it. Okay. Right, thank you. RCR with Paul Brennan. Reality Check Radio.